Here we go as we look back on week 11 in the Big 12 Conference. I'm Pete Mundo, host of the show, heartlandcollegesports.com is, of course, how you find us each and every day covering the Big 12 top to bottom. It is always great to be here with you as we uh, get another show underway. So let's do it. Let's get rolling. Let's talk some Big 12 football after a full week 11 slate. And just to give you the quick rundown on what happened in the Big 12 before we actually dive into these games, we'll go in order. Oklahoma lost at West Virginia 23-20. Oklahoma State uh, took care of Iowa State 20-14. Texas Tech beat Kansas 43-28. Kansas State handled Baylor 31-3. And then it was TCU over Texas in the ABC game of the week on Saturday night, 17-10. So let's talk about these games in order. Uh, let's take these games in order. And first off, how about a big congratulations to the TCU Horn Frogs. They are 10-0. They will be uh, in the top four again this week in the college football playoff rankings. Normally, I would talk about these games in order. But I am not going to waste time and not talk about the game of the week in the Big 12. And the game of the week was TCU, Texas. College game day was in Austin on Saturday. And the reality is this. This is the best kind of win that TCU could have had. Now, winning the game is great. But the way they won the game. Did you see that? I mean, if you watch the game, and I imagine many of you did, TCU was up 3-0 at the half. Let's put this into perspective. If you're a Big 12 fan, this was the fewest points in the first half of a Big 12 game since Kansas and Kansas State back in 2018. Meantime, these two teams combined for 140 yards. That was the fewest yards in any half of a Big 12 game since Texas and Colorado back in 2009. And on top of that, these two teams combined for 39 total yards in the first quarter. That's the fewest combined total yards in a first quarter for any FBS team, any FBS game this season. That just puts this into perspective on how ugly this first half was. And it was because, I mean, yes, Texas's defense was playing well, but TCU's defense was lights out. Absolutely lights out. They held Bijan Robinson to less than 30 rushing yards. Bijan Robinson had not been held to less than 30 rushing yards since uh, they played Oklahoma in that quadruple overtime game back in 2000. Nobody saw that coming. And TCU's defense did that on national TV, ABC, in a game that most of the nation was watching. And they needed that desperately because the national media wants to do everything it can to not give TCU any credit and to not put them in this college football playoff. I heard people talking earlier in the earlier in the day on other broadcasts like and they were saying ridiculous things like, yeah, if TCU goes undefeated, I think they'll be in. And I don't like cursing on this show. I'm not going to do it right now. But I want it to be like, uh, no bleep, Sherlock. Yes, an undefeated Power 5 team is going to make the college football playoff, dummy. I mean, my, the way they talk about TCU as if they're an FCS program is so insulting. And TCU fans should be fed up by it. I know many of you are. And as I'm listening to some of the commentary during the day on different broadcasts, Big 12 broadcasts for that matter, I'm like, these people don't get it. 
They don't get it. They aren't watching this team. And hopefully many of them tuned in, watched this game, and realized that this team can win in different ways. Kendra Miller is the most underappreciated skill position player in the entire Big 12. I've been saying that for half a season now, since at least uh, early October, if not late September. And uh, you saw it again on Saturday night, 138 rushing yards, 75-yard touchdown run, broke this game open for TCU in the third quarter. Uh, This guy is incredible. Think about what TCU lost. They lost Zach Evans at running back to Ole Miss, a five-star guy. And I would argue they upgraded in Kendra Miller. Kendra Miller can get between the tackles in a way that Zach Evans never could in that backfield for TCU. The dude's a stud. He can absolutely tear it up between the tackles. And it is fun to watch. And the national media needed that game. They had to watch that game at a TCU. That way that TCU won was more valuable than winning the game 38-35 in my eyes. There's no doubt about it. And uh, to TCU's credit, man, I mean, Quinn Ewers was off most of the night. Now, Quinn Ewers has really looked uncomfortable now for several games in a row. Um, and TCU is 10-0. They're 7-0 in the Big 12. They are in the driver's seat, not just to obviously win this league. They have clinched a spot in the, in the uh, Big 12 championship game, but uh, make a college football playoff. So kudos to TCU. Congratulations to TCU fans. And, uh, you know, we're happy for you guys just because, of course, we love and cover the Big 12 and want to see this league do well. And it was a classy moment after the game. I saw Gary Patterson and Max Duggan having a moment there uh, just on the field, and and that's got to be pretty special. I know Gary Patterson's employed by the Longhorns right now. He's trying to help UT win. But if you don't think that Gary Patterson has a soft spot for TCU and this team in particular and what these guys have done this year and the win that they got on Saturday night, you're kidding yourself. You are kidding yourself. Gary Patterson has got to feel good for those guys I mean, he he wouldn't be a human being if he didn't, no doubt about it. So I'm starting there uh, because that was the game of the week in the Big 12, and that was the most recent game to end in the Big 12 as well. So I wanted to begin with that game, all right? So let's uh, look at the other games in the Big 12 conference, and let's go back to the beginning of the day. Let's go to Oklahoma, West Virginia. So West Virginia pulls off the upset. They were seven-point underdogs in this game, and they win 23-20. This, to me, is about two things. Oklahoma and how soft this Oklahoma team is, and then Garrett Green. I'll start with Garrett Green, who came in in place of JT Daniels, and uh, boy, his dual-threat ability is something that this West Virginia team has desperately needed for a few weeks. I don't want to rag on Neil Brown because I've been tough on him as of late, but it is fair to say, and you know, he's gotten a little bit of action the last few weeks, but at what point do you just say JT Daniels is a complete statue back there? Uh, Your offensive line isn't great. Let's see what Garrett Green's got. Let's see what the guy's made of. And we saw that on Saturday, and he was 12 of uh, 22, 138 yards. He wasn't great through the air, but his fade route touchdown pass was pretty nice. And he's got wheels, 14 carries, 119 yards, and a couple of scores. That's what this team needs, desperately needs, as you look at 
Uh, the fact that, you know, C.J. Anderson is done for the year. They could use some help in the running game. They could use some help with a quarterback who can be a little more mobile. And they finally got that in Garrett Green on Saturday, and it completely changed the game. Completely changed the game for the West Virginia Mountaineers, who won the game uh, and possibly, I don't want to say they saved Neil Brown's job because if West Virginia loses the next two weeks, they're 4-8, and eight, they're 2-7 and seven in league play, how do you keep Neil Brown? How do you do it? But West Virginia still has a chance to be bowl eligible, which is absolutely worth something. So we're sitting here looking at this team and saying, can, can they get a couple of more wins? I'm not going to say that that's likely at all. I just I, I don't think it is. Uh, for West Virginia. Not that it's impossible, but you got K-State and Oklahoma State. So, I mean, if you're a West Virginia fan, you take a split in a heartbeat for those two games. But meantime, you look at the Oklahoma Sooners, and this team is just so soft. So, 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 so soft. I I mean, they, they do not punch in the mouth on either side of the ball. Uh, And that's why I like the Mountaineers in this game. I said, take the front of the name off the jersey. Take Oklahoma off the front of the jersey. Take Sooners off the front of the jersey. This is not a good Oklahoma football team. And you've got former players calling out, not the coaching staff. I know a lot of OU fans are ragging on the coaching staff. And Brent Venables, and he's not the guy and the whole thing. But that's not actually what has happened with the players. Nick Benito... Uh, tweeted out after the game, if you think this is on the coaches, you're fooling yourself. He had the wrong your. You need the uh, Y-O-U apostrophe R-E, my man. Uh, Zach Sanchez tweeting out, a lot of boys in that locker room, former defensive back, a lot of boys in that locker room need to take a good look in the mirror. If you think this is coaching, you're kidding yourself. In position to make many plays, just ain't making them, says former DB Zach Sanchez. And I think those guys are spot on. I'm not saying Brent Venables does not deserve some of the credit, or excuse me, some of the blame. He absolutely does. He's the head coach. He's making a tremendous amount of money. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, when are the players going to make some plays around here? When are guys going to step up? I mean, Marvin Mims, Marvin Mims is dropping touchdown passes over the middle. That is shocking. Those are things you never see from Oklahoma football. And you saw plenty of that on Saturday. I know it's Morgantown and the weather's bad and it's uncomfortable and, you know, all these different things. But come on. You are the Oklahoma Sooners. And you look like that. You put up a dud like that on Saturday against a West Virginia team that can't get out of its own way. I mean, that was absolutely embarrassing is what that was for Oklahoma. So the Sooners go down and – uh <laughs> I'm just looking at that and saying, I'm not sure. I mean, Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State next week. They could lose that game. Oklahoma might be fighting for bowl eligibility in week 13 against Texas Tech. Could you imagine? Who would have ever predicted that? Not me. Not here. No way. Uh, Next up, let's talk about Iowa State, Oklahoma State. So in that game... Uh, it was ugly. You want to talk about ugly? That was ugly. It was very ugly for a multitude of reasons. But basically what happened is uh, Oklahoma State trailed 14-10. Gunnar Gundy threw a touchdown. And Spencer Sanders came in the game. Now, we thought Spencer Sanders wasn't going to play. Banged up shoulder, the whole thing. I guess he was good enough to play. 
I guess he was able to get himself in there, and he threw the go-ahead touchdown that ultimately uh, won Oklahoma State the game to make it 17-14. The Cowboys won the game 20-14 to over Iowa State. So, I, I mean, you know, obviously the question I have is why didn't the guy start if he could throw the ball like he did, especially knowing what the options were behind Spencer Sanders. And uh, they're not great options right now. I mean, you know, Gundy is clearly in over his head as a young player. And, and Rangel is a guy who also is a true freshman and has, has a clear learning curve he's got to get himself through. So uh, it remains to be seen what the future is at that position. But I know right now Spencer Sanders clearly gives you the best option. And when he came in, he went 9 of 13 for 84 yards through the go ahead touchdown and, you know, looked pretty good. You wouldn't know that Spencer Sanders was dealing with any kind of big shoulder injury if you watched him in that game and had no idea what was going on. And that's really what turned this thing around uh, for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Now, they still can't run the ball. I know Iowa State has a really good rush defense, it's one of the best in the Big 12. Uh, it is the best in the Big 12 by a wide margin, actually. But, man, I mean, this is something that Mike Gundy's got to figure out in the offseason, but they have no push up front. That offensive line cannot run block to save its life at Oklahoma State. They just can't do it at all by any stretch of the imagination, and it needs a lot of work, a lot of work. So they only rushed the ball for 57 yards. Uh, It was an ugly game offensively for both teams, but Iowa State fans are used to that. I mean, you know, I'm kind of at a loss of words because I feel like I've said everything I need to say about the Iowa State offense. It's just non-existent. The rushing game, there is nothing going on the ground for the Iowa State Cyclones. I mean, they are dead last in the Big 12 in rushing yards per game. They're averaging 100 rushing yards per game, Iowa State. The next closest team is Oklahoma State, who's rushed for 102. 30 yards per game. So they're 30 yards behind the second worst rushing offense in the Big 12 in terms of yards per game. That's how bad they've been. So, I mean, it is uh, crazy to see these two teams, the two worst rushing attacks in the Big 12, go at it on Saturday, which is what we did. And it was ugly. Now, congratulations, Xavier Hutchinson. He's now, I believe, the all-time leader in receptions at Iowa State. So good for him. I can't imagine what this offense would look like without Xavier Hutchinson. But uh, the reality is this was going to be a rebuild year for Iowa State. If you want to be optimistic, it's another loss that's by a score or less. A lot of sophomores and young guys who are playing this year that hopefully will you know, build towards being in Big 12 contention next year. But uh, this one's been tough to swallow for Iowa State. There's, there's no doubt that this one has been a tough season to handle. And now you got Texas Tech and TCU to wrap up the season. Neither game's going to be easy. Tech's playing good football. We'll get to them coming up, and you know we know what TCU is. So, I mean, if they win them, they're bull eligible. They win them both, but I have a very hard time seeing that happen right now for the Iowa State Cyclones. Next up, and then we'll get to some of your comments here to wrap up the show. I'm Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com is how you Watch us, listen to us. If you are on YouTube, please do like and uh, subscribe to our page. If you're on um, the podcast, rate, review, subscribe. I got a free, and I'm going to flash it here, as I always do, Heartland College Sports Koozie that's got your name on it. All you have to do is leave a five-star rating and review on the podcast, and uh, 
Send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We're also on Twitter Spaces. So thanks to those of you guys joining us over on Twitter Spaces right now. Uh, and Facebook Live, of course. So uh, K-State Baylor, this was the least interesting game in the Big 12 this week by a wide margin. I know that K-State fans are not going to complain about that at all. But clearly, uh, there is a quarterback controversy, as there should be, in Manhattan. K-State won the game 31-3. Will Howard did not start, but he ultimately um, got in the game. And once he got in the game, he didn't get out of the game. He did not get out of the game. And after the game, Chris Kleiman said there will be a quarterback debate moving forward between Martinez and Howard and said it's something we're going to talk about each week. I don't see how you take the ball to Will Howard's hands. Will Howard, I have not seen. There's nobody in the Big 12 I can think of who has progressed from 21 to 22 like Will Howard. I mean, this guy couldn't throw the ball downfield last season. That's the reason they brought in a guy like Adrian Martinez in the transfer portal. Howard didn't look like a guy who could win you games at the Power 5 level. Now he's slinging it around against a good Baylor defense, 19-27, 196 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, He looked outstanding on Saturday night. And, you know, Deuce Vaughn doing his thing. 106 rushing yards, 50 uh, receiving yards, a touchdown catch. I mean, I don't know how you go away from Will Howard at this point if you're Kansas State. Maybe Chris Kleiman's just kind of hedging his bets on this thing, but I would be riding Will Howard the rest of the way. And I know K-State fans are going to say, if only we started Will Howard against Texas last week. I don't want to do the what if on that uh, because I thought Martinez, especially in the second half, played well. And I don't think that game was lost because of the quarterback position against Texas last week. I just don't. But going forward, you look at this Kansas State team and you say to yourself, they're right in contention to compete for a Big 12 title. They have two of their easier, there's no easy game in the Big 12, but two of their easier games left, although they have to go to Morgantown next week. That's always tough. And then they get Kansas at home, so a rivalry game is never easy. But, uh, you know, K-State wins out. Uh, They are in the Big 12 conference title game down in Arlington uh, in early December. Now, on the flip side, as I said leading up to this game, the loser of this game was going to be the story. The winner of this game would be in the hunt for a Big 12 title. The loser of this game would feel like their season was over and was a disappointment. And that's where Baylor is right now. Baylor fell to 6-4 and four overall. They're 4-3 and three in Big 12 play. They had one three in a row coming in. But uh, you look at this game now and this season for Baylor, and they won the Big 12 title last year. And I thought that they would compete for a Big 12 title again this year. I thought they had the pieces under Dave Aranda at the skill positions. I thought they were really good in the trenches. And unfortunately for them, that's not how it worked out. That's not how the season played out for them. And now they're out of the Big 12 picture, basically. And... um, you know, they're kind of back to the drawing board in terms of how to rebuild and get the program back to a place where you're in the Big 12 uh, title hunt in the last couple of weeks. Ah, quick drink. Don't, uh, don't mind me. But that's the story. The bigger story was the loser coming out of this game, and the way that Baylor lost 31 to 3 was absolutely hideous. I mean, Baylor was a three, two and a half point favorite, and they put up a total dud. Blake Shapin, 
Uh, did not play well through a couple of interceptions. The run game didn't really get going by Baylor standards when you look at what they've done in previous weeks with Richard Reese and Swirl Williams. And K-State dominated this game start to finish. So kudos to the Wildcats. They're 7-3. and three. They're 5-2 and two in conference play. They're in great position to get to a big 12 conference uh, title game. This is not spicy water. It is not straight vodka. It is just regular water. I'm working. I, I might have a beer, but I'm going to the Chiefs game on Sunday. So I'm saving my beers for Arrowhead Stadium at about uh, 10.30 a.m. on Saturday. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm saving them for. All right? So I hope you'll uh, understand me on that. Usually we do this show on Sundays, but because I'm going to be at the Chiefs game, I'm doing it on uh, Saturday night. So I hope you guys are liking the Saturday night show. Last but not least, the game we got to talk about. Texas Tech and Kansas. So uh, Kansas came into this game after a win over Oklahoma State, following a bye week, snapped a three-game slide while Texas was struggling. Texas came into this game, um, Texas Tech came into this game, losers of four of their last five games dating back to the Texas win in late September. And you gotta you got to feel good for a guy like Tyler Shuck. Tyler Shuck transferred to Texas Tech after the 2020 season, he had a nice career at Oregon. This was a guy who was being talked about as a potential first-round draft pick in the 2022 NFL draft. He comes to Tech. He has a nice start to his career. He gets hurt. He never comes back. He wins the starting job again this season, gets hurt. He comes back because Baron Morton gets injured. And he had the best game, I believe, of his Texas Tech career. You know, he threw for 400 yards against FIU back in uh, September of last year, but that was FIU. This game, what he did this game was very impressive to me. He threw for 246 yards, 20 of 33. He rushed for 76 yards with a score as well. It was a complete performance from Tyler Shuck. He spread the ball around really nicely. Uh, and I was very impressed with his performance. And Texas Tech may very well have the deepest quarterback room in the entire Big 12 Conference when you look at it. Uh, I mean, you you got Donovan Smith, Tyler Shuck, and Baron Morton. Find me a room that's deeper than that at quarterback. So Texas Tech is now sitting there at 5-5, five 3-4 and five, three and four in conference play, and they got to win one of their next two to find themselves in a bowl game, enjoy McGuire's first year, and that would be a huge success. They go to Ames this weekend, then they close the season at home with the Oklahoma Sooners in a couple of weeks. Meantime, Kansas you know, has now dropped four of their last five games. They're bowl eligible. They have exceeded everybody's wildest expectations, so good for KU. But they are reeling a bit. They can't stop anybody. I mean, Texas Tech is not a good rushing team. Texas Tech has no offensive line. And Texas Tech piled up 264 rushing yards on Saturday night, four rushing touchdowns, five and a half uh, yards per carry. With all due respect to Texas Tech, they shouldn't do that against anybody unless they're in the FCS. And Kansas, it wasn't the offense's problem. Kansas had over 500 yards of total offense. They just couldn't stop anybody. They could not get a stop. I mean, they were down 17-7 in the blink of an eye, and they you know, tried to claw their way back a couple of times. They were down 24 to 20. They were down 27 to 21. Um, if I'm remembering that right, they were definitely down 24, 20. 
and then they were down 27-21. So they they were within a score a couple of times, but uh, they just they 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 never got it done. And uh, it always felt like this was Texas Tech who was going to win this game just based on how this this game had unfolded. But KU is bowl eligible. This season is a success for Kansas no matter what happens the next couple of weeks as uh, they get set to take on, let's see, they got Texas next weekend at home, who they, of course, beat last year on the road, and then they've got K-State in Manhattan to end the season. If they win one of those two, that's a huge success, but no matter what, they're getting to the bowl game, and uh, you know, you've know you got to look at this thing big picture for KU. This has been a tremendous, tremendous season for the Kansas Jayhawks, no doubt about that. All right, let's look at some of your comments uh, here on Facebook Live. Pete, you lost this week, and you're acting like you won. You lost big time. What does that mean, I lost? I I, I mean, I didn't – did I play any games? Am I not aware of that? Did I play games or something like that? Are you talking about my picks? Let me see how my picks did against the spread. Uh, I hit TCU. I hit West Virginia. I missed on the other. I went two and three against the spread. All right. I was 12 and six the last month of the season coming into this week. I went two and three this week. I, I don't know what that means. I lost. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm, I'm all good with being trolled. I just don't know what that means. You got to clarify that for me. Uh, Pete, hoping for an all purple Big 12 championship, K State TCU. Yeah, I, as you should. As you should. No matter which side of that you're on. Uh, what else? A lot of TCU fans chiming in. A lot of K-State fans getting in the mix. Uh, Donald writes, Big 12 fans should be fed up. I know. This league gets so disrespected on the national level, it's a joke. It's a complete and utter joke. Uh, Pete, you were wrong about the TCU. No, I, I was all in on TCU. This spread, the TCU spread made no sense to me. Absolutely no sense at all. I don't know why they were a touchdown underdog. It just was crazy to me that they were. Uh, Dusty writes, I'm disappointed in KU losing a winnable game against Tech. It was a winnable game. Defense didn't show up. It was very much a winnable game. That's not taking anything away from Tech. Tech fans will tell you that was a winnable game for Kansas. But the defense didn't show up. You could not stop the run all night long. And that was ultimately the biggest problem in this game. Uh, for the uh, for the Kansas Jayhawks. So now here's what the standings look like in this league. You've got TCU at the very top of the conference, obviously at seven and zero with two games left. You've got Kansas State at five and two, and then you have Oklahoma State, Baylor, and Texas all at four and three. So uh, we could have some tiebreakers. And if two teams are tied, this is gets into all the tiebreaker nonsense, which gets a little hairy. But basically, there's, and I'll put this up on the website so you can see the tiebreaker procedure. But it gets very much in the weeds. Just know this, the head-to-head is what matters. The head-to-head is what matters for second place in the Big 12. If K-State wins out, they're in the Big 12 championship game against TCU. If K-State does not win out, if they drop one of their next two games and say Texas wins out, then Texas has the tiebreaker over Kansas State because Texas beat Kansas State head-to-head. 
So that's how this would work. The head-to-head is what ultimately is going to matter. But there are two teams. One team is in in TCU, and K-State controls its destiny at 5-2 and two with a game up over Oklahoma State, Baylor, and Texas. That's what you need to know right now in terms of uh, where the Big 12 race is at today. So that'll put a bow in the show. Appreciate you guys joining us on Facebook Live. Share it on Facebook. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Thanks for being here on Twitter Spaces as well. And, um, of course, the podcast listeners, you guys are our bread and butter. Rate, review, subscribe. Take 30 seconds out. Leave a five-star rating and review, and we'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. Uh, when you send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. You guys have a great night. Love this league. Love this conference. Love these fans. Love you all. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to you soon. Go Big 12.